Hello everybody. Welcome to A Year Ago Today. I'm your host Tyla Fowler and I am so thrilled that you have chosen to be here listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Your energy brings something so precious and it's really just such a pleasure to have you. Oof, <laughs> I'm feeling very grateful today. Super grateful to be here introducing this episode because I was hoping to air it last week or planning to air it last week and then I received the guidance to bump up Jill Filipovich's episode and push this one back a week because I think that one really powerfully informs the other. There's this really beautiful logical progression that's happening over the season. If you're paying attention and listening to things in order, uh, you are seeing a story unfold, which is really cool. And if you're not listening to things in order, that is totally fine too. I'm sure you are still receiving absolutely everything you are meant to receive from your experience. So you can listen however you like. Oh, what can I tell you about this woman? Her name is Gabriela Reyes Noyola Brunner, and she is one of my very best friends in the whole world. We met in a sisterhood. So we worked with the same coach who was holding space for a sisterhood, meaning Gabby and I got to do nine months of really intimate personal growth work together inside this container with our coach, Caitlin Edgar. And we've just stayed really close friends since then. She is someone I reach out to when I am having a dark night of the soul for guidance. She holds such beautiful space for her friends and her family and her clients. And every time I have the opportunity to speak with her, I receive so much from the conversation and I grow so much as a result of her insight. So I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. Also, we did not know this when we recorded the episode and also, ugh, you know, the way that timing unfolds in our lives is just so cool. Gabriella has just returned from a weekend of Kundalini teacher training and she's been moving so much energy and transmuting so much circumstance in her life. When we recorded this podcast, she was taking a step back from her business to really focus on her role as a mother. And in doing that, she's created the space for some beautiful new inspiration to come through. And I am so, so super excited to see her new program, which just launched today, which is Wednesday. The podcast comes out tomorrow, Thursday. It's called The Guided Career. And uh, I think there's like this misperception that if you aren't happy in your career that you need to like take the leap into the great unknown, you know, to follow your bliss. And that sometimes is really in alignment. However, it's not always totally practical. And I was just reading through Gabby's um, new like offering and the way she is setting up this new program of hers is so cool because she's like, you know what? It's okay to admit that you're not happy in your job and it's okay to want to change it and we really need support to be able to make changes like that because we need to see, first of all, how we can expand our perspective in the present to be re receiving more from our current situation, including more inspiration about what we love about our current situation so that we can begin attracting the new situation that's more in alignment with what we really want. So 
She's got all these amazing plans for how she's going to support women. She's calling in 10 women over the next, well, let's see. I don't want to get this wrong. Okay, she's holding space for 10 women, and she's limiting, limiting it to 10. So if you feel called in any way, I invite you to get on this sooner rather than later. It's an 11-week program. It starts on June 3rd, and it goes through August 19th, and there will be an integration week in there somewhere. And, you know, I like I said, I was just looking at the page all about it, and she's got, you know, weekly check-ins, just one-on-one -on -one with her. There's weekly group calls. There's a Facebook group where you're going to be able to get support. Oh, I wish that I had had a program like this when I was looking to leave my last job and just felt so totally trapped because I didn't know what I was good at or what I wanted to do next. And I really wish that I had had someone like Gabriella to hold space for me and reflect for me. So that's my spiel for why you should go check out Gabby's program. The investment is $444, which let me tell you, when I got to the bottom and saw the investment, my jaw dropped because that is a very low investment for what she's offering. I know the value of this woman's time and energy and <laughs> I would pay her $444 for one hour of her time, let alone 11 weeks of support. The last thing I want to say about that is that she's offering complimentary 30-minute calls to women who are interested because she's so, she's really, really wanting to ensure that the women who come into this program are the women who are meant to be there. She is a woman of powerful integrity, and if you're not sure if this is a fit for you and you get on the phone with her, she's not going to try to just sell, sell, sell you into something. She is going to hold space for you and help you make sure that this is the next step that's in alignment for you, um, which in my opinion is what real healers and real guides do, is they, they hold space for your knowing rather than trying to sell you their own knowing. Because um, anyone who has a real knowing knows that it doesn't need to be sold. <laughs> so, ah, all right. That's so funny since I just did such a big sell. <laughs> You know, but it's okay because I'm cheerleading for my friend, and that is what friends are for. So can't can't recommend Gabby more than I have probably. I can say listen to this episode, hear her brilliance for yourself, go read her blog. I'm gonna put information in the show notes to find her website, to find her launch page, to find information on her children's book. All the incredible things she's up to will be in the show notes. Please check her out. Follow her on social media. Follow us on social media. It's all right there for you. One click away in the show notes. All right. Oof. Enjoy this week's episode, everybody. Welcome everyone. Hi Gabby. Hi. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I was like, oh no, should I call her Gabriella? <laughs> Either one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that you're here. Me too. Me too. This is a long time coming. In multiple ways, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I um, you're not the first guest that I've had on this season that I've said, I have been trying to get you on the podcast since the podcast was created because you literally, <laughs> like, I remember when I originally came up with the idea and shared it, you know, and I was like, everybody has to do this. And it's just, we even recorded an episode. Mm-hmm. And it was like in the period when we were not airing episodes and now we've decided not to air it. So I'm so grateful that you've come back to record again with me. (laughs) I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Okay, before we jump in, I have to tell you, Gabby, that yesterday I... I had a big piece of furniture in in my bedroom that I've been dying to get out of there, Mm -hmm. a wardrobe that was just like taking up way too much space. And yesterday we had a big snowstorm and I decided today's the day. It was also the first day after the spring equinox. And I was like, it's spring cleaning. I got to get this thing out of my bedroom. And I did. And then I was rearranging and the dresser is now at the foot of our bed. Mm Mm-hmm. And on top of the wardrobe was the painting that you had made me because I had meant to get a frame for it and then didn't end up doing that. Anyway, I took it down and now it's at the foot of my bed. So it is like the first thing that I see when I wake up and the last thing, one of the last things that I see before I go to sleep at night. And I have to tell you that this morning I was doing a little meditation and I started with my eyes open for a few breaths and I was just focusing on that painting and feeling so many feels. Oh my goodness. I'm feeling so many feels right now. That is so beautiful because it's just to think that something that like I painted is in someone's home is just even, it's like a dream. (laughs) It's just crazy to even imagine. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, it's not only in my home, it's like a major focal point and I'm so excited to get it framed, which I am going to do. Mm. I'm like, I just want everyone to know (laughs) how important you are to me (laughs) and what an inspiration. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to invite you now to... Put your hands over your heart or maybe one hand on your heart and one on your womb, if that feels better, whatever feels best. And to take a few deep grounding breaths and feel yourself really coming into your body. And then to send your energy out in time a little bit to a year ago today. And allow yourself to really remember everything that was coming up for you as this big transition was happening in your life. And when you feel like you firmly landed in that energy I'd love for you to share in one word how you were feeling. Scared shitless. <laughs> it's hyphenated. It's hyphenated, <laughs> yes. So it's technically one word. Ah, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, And if you will now, if you could sum up for everybody in one sentence what we're talking about a year ago today, I, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah, a year ago today, 
my family and I made a big move from where we were living in Minnesota to the hometown, to my husband's hometown in central Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And so two questions are fighting for my attention. <laughs> <laughs> like, which one do I ask? Let's start with, um, why were you scared shitless? Um, inserting myself in that moment, trying not to look at it like in retrospect, but inserting myself in that moment, it was exhilarating and terrifying because I had, I, I feel like we had just started to become like grounded in our home in Minnesota. We had lived there for 10 years, but in that home, we, you know, we moved in there after we got married. You know, my daughter came home to that house. Like I became a mom in that house. I became a mom for the second time in that house. Um, and I just didn't know what things were going to look like when I moved. We were moving to be closer to my husband's family. And the idea of being closer to family was like really enticing and exciting. Mm. Um, And at the same time, it was like, where do I fit into all of this? You know, Mm. because it's like I was just defining my own sense of family, you know, being this little nuclear, nuclear, nucleus, nuclear, whatever, the four of us, my husband and my two kids. And then I was like, okay, now we're moving away from everything that I've built and known for the last 10 years and going to this town where I, it's a, it's really an interesting place to be. It's not beautiful by any means, but it's got its own sense of beauty, which is a whole other story. But I was like, I don't even know where to get a cup of coffee. Like, is there even like a Starbucks there? Like what is going on here? And so I remember telling uh, my husband, I was like, if, as long as you can tell me where I can get a cup of coffee, then, <laughs> then we'll be good. We'll be good. I'll figure it out, you know? So, yeah, and that that whole experience of just and, – and it happened really fast, too. Like, it happened slow, and then it happened fast. Um, so my husband and I are both attorneys, and before he would apply to jobs here in Illinois, he wanted to make sure that his Illinois license was here in Illinois – uh, or his Minnesota license was here in Illinois, so that he could practice law here. And so that whole process took like a year. And then once he actually applied to a particular job, within six weeks, he applied, interviewed, got the job, accepted, put the house on the market, sold it, and moved. And you're um, like, wham, bam, we're moving. Yeah, like <laughs> no time to breathe. It's like boom, 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 get it all done. And then go, and then your head comes up from above, you know, from underwater, and then you're like, oh, where am I? Now I'm here, (laughs) and I'm not there. So, Mm. yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah. I'll share with you uh, an energy that's really alive for me as you're talking, and we can choose to go deeper into this or not. It does feel good to share the fact that it's present, though, is that theme of being really geographically close to the family of your partner Mm -hmm. and not geographically close to your own family. Um, you know, that is very much mine and Matt's situation. And 
it has been the source of so much joy to be so near his family. And it's also been the source of a lot of, um, a lot of tension in many different ways, you know, because we are day in and day out investing much more time in our relationships with his family mm-hmm. than we do in our relationships with my family. You know, and I'm not, there's not a lot of judgment around that. However, it is just a really interesting dynamic. So I'm wondering if you feel interested to talk more about like what that's been like. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where we're, when I was talking about like being close to family and then you move and then you're like, oh, you know, what does family mean? Like, what is the definition of family? Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, I've, I've been away from my mom and my sister. My dad's passed away now, but I've been away from my mom and my sister since I was 18, pretty much, since I moved away from Honduras and came to the States to college. And then pretty much ever since then, I've, I've, I've geographically been far away from them. Um, and so it was really interesting to then move even farther away to Minnesota after law school and develop some sense of family there, you know, between my friends and the people that I had there. And then, you know, Justin became my family when we got married and then my kids. And, and I've always had this really interesting dance or dynamic with what the definition of family is. And so coming here, being closer to family and then it not being my blood family. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's got its challenges and it also has like infinite blessings, you know, because I've, I've always pictured these like big family dinners and, um, being around for things like birthdays and my husband has four brothers. And so there's always a birthday and there's always a something to celebrate. Um, or just like having somebody pop over for dinner and, you know, not having it have to be this big, like traveling ordeal. But then I also experience a sharp contrast of that, which is when now it's actually gotten, it's become slightly more difficult for people to come visit me because um, they usually have to connect, you know, from a major airport, like maybe they have to fly up to Chicago and then they take like those little puddle jumpers down here to one of the airports here. And then it's still about an hour drive to go pick somebody up. So it's really interesting that it's like I keep, I feel like I keep removing myself more and more, I guess, from being physically close to, you know, the people who have, who are my fam- my blood family or the people that I've known like my whole life. Um, so yeah, it's a really interesting really interesting thing. And the thing that's coming up for me right now, and, and I'd love to hear how it feels for you is I feel like it's also an exercise in like, in like boundaries and discernment. It's like, okay, what do I have to be present for? What do I choose to be present for? And when, when do I just want to stay home? Because just because I live here, you know, and I'm literally, you know, five miles or seven miles away from you know, my in-laws and my brothers-in-law and all that kind of stuff, does that obligate me to be present all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's, that's something that I've been playing around with too, because I want to make sure that when I'm, I'm with my family, you know, that, that I'm also very present with my family and that it doesn't become, 
I don't know, something challenging, you know, something like, oh, why do I always have to be there? It's like, no, I don't have to. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting dynamic, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, did I lose you? Are you still there, Gabby? I am. I don't know. Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you. For a second, the sound cut out, so then I got nervous, but... <laughs> That's so interesting. A moment ago, I was, I was struck by the frame you chose in saying that it seems as though you have removed yourself by going further and further away from the people that like that you feel grounded with. Mm -hmm. And I was really, I was struck by the, by the frame of, I've, continue to remove myself and then for a second you disappeared and I was like oh no she's gone (laughs) (laughs) she removed herself she removed herself again no it's an interesting it it's an interesting perspective and I can't tell you when I had that awareness or when I uh, saw that link um But growing up in Honduras, I always felt like I wanted to get out of Honduras. And then I got to Pennsylvania, which is, I mean, for me, it was about as far away as you could go, you know, from Honduras. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I remember feeling like I don't, like, I can't wait for the next thing. Like, I want to get out of here. And then it was like, I want to get out of here and I want to get out of here. And it was always, it, it always felt like I was just going to all of these different places. And I think at one point in my life, my my um, perspective was that I was running away from things, like trying to get away from, you know, whatever lifestyle I felt was stifling for me growing up in Honduras or trying to get away from whatever lifestyle I had developed in Pennsylvania or whatever. Um, But then what I've come to realize is that I, I can't, I've come to realize this, you know, come hell or high water, like life is trying to show me this, that I am the type of person that will have and desires to have a lot of varied experiences. Just, I just want to do everything. And so I feel like it's not that I was running away. I feel like that was like the negative part of me trying to, you know, punish me for thinking that I was always like, quote, running away. But really what it was, it was me actually following what I wanted to do, like what I really wanted to do, like going, you know, I could have gone to college in Florida and been really close to people and had a lot of people that I went to, you know, that I grew up with really close by, but that wasn't what my soul was desiring for me. Um, Same with like studying abroad, like everybody went to like Rome or Florence and I was like, no, my, I need to be in Milan. And again, I was like kind of by myself, you know, not with people that I could have known or, you know, all that stuff. And so I think it's really been interesting that that I have, there was a time in my life when I looked at it so negatively that I was running away from everybody. And now I'm seeing it more, I'm not fully grounded in this, but I'm seeing it more as I've actually always followed exactly what I, what I needed and wanted to do. And so that has taken me away from my comfort zone. It has taken me away from people that... Um, having people just down the street from me. And so that's an interesting experience too. It's like, 
every time I, I, but yet I still manage to reconnect and keep these relationships really strong, the ones that really are important to me. So mm. it's, so I feel like I'm, I'm not far from anybody. I'm just physically in a different place. So. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I didn't really answer your question. Yes, boundaries and discernment have come up a lot for me around my interactions with, um, with Matt's family here, you know, because in times where I'm feeling in times where I'm clearing stuff around family, which like, when am I not (laughs) clearing old beliefs around family? Right. In those times, um, yeah, sometimes I do need to take space and it's, it's really interesting to kind of like walk that line between Mm -hmm. like, how do I show up fully here for these experiences and how do I balance that with also taking really, really good care of myself when mm-hmm. I'm in a tender space around something having to do with family? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> and it's, there was something that was coming up for me, which was really, I don't really know where this came from, but I'm just going to go with it. Um, yeah. So my dad was one of those people in life that was very brilliant, like, like objectively brilliant. Um, he was the first pediatric endocrinologist in Honduras. Some say he was the first in Central America. Um, and so he had this brilliance about him, but he also had this... I, I always thought that he could have gone somewhere else and fulfilled his potential even more. And then looking back through the lens of time you know, he never wanted to leave Honduras. Like he did come to the States to continue his education, but then he always went back and he never left. And he always lived right next door to his mother, who, God bless her, she's still alive. I think she's going to be 99 this year. Um, and so it's really interesting that that physical proximity does not necessarily mean that you have a loving, nurturing, fulfilling sustainable relationship with your family, which is something that I, for a long time, I thought that. And then this just popped into my mind right now about how my dad always wanted that and he never had it. And so it's almost like he tried to be closer and closer and closer physically. And that was never enough to be close, you know, emotionally or whatever other word um, you would put there. So I just, I don't know. I don't know where that came from, but I thought that was so interesting because talk about going off on a complete aside, but. Oh, I know exactly where that came from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like the energy that's so present is that somehow, for me, sometimes distance is what teaches me how to be in relationship. Mm. Yeah. And sometimes forced space from someone, you know, whether it's geographical space or emotional space. It's like, let's see, where do I want to go with this? Also, I'll talk about Matt and I. When we are physically apart for an extended period of time, it's like on some... Something starts to happen on a subconscious level for me, Mm -hmm. and I don't always know what it is until I'm back with him, 
And then all of a sudden it's like, I have things to share that I've digested about our interaction with one another that I wasn't even aware I was digesting. Mm -hmm. It's like in that time apart, there's this subconscious integration that happens for me that allows me to come back to the relationship with a, a different vantage point. And, you know, I feel the same way with like my relationship with my mother, you know, she lives, I'm in New York and she's in New Mexico and I'm like something about the distance. I don't know. It really affects the way we interact with one another. Maybe it makes our time together even more precious. I think it makes us more intentional too, because, Mm. you know, being, I've become a stay at home mom now. Um, since moving here, that's the role that whether I chose it or not, I chose it. (laughs) Um, it was, and so (laughs) I think you chose it. I remember very distinctly saying you saying, I want to take a step away and spend a lot more time with my kids. No, I did. And then, but it was, it was a struggle to, to feel worthy enough to take that time to be with them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I forgot where I was going with this. You were so Oh yeah. About... It just makes us more intentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things I've noticed is that I, w- I was actually just texting my husband this the other day, j- yesterday, actually I texted him. I was like, Oh, I hope someday, you know, we'll be able to spend some time together, just me and you. And he's like, like when they graduate from high school. And I was like, yeah, pretty much. I mean, your life becomes, I mean, it's this beautiful chaos. Like I wouldn't have it any other way, but you know, it, it's like, get up, get the kids up. Justin's usually already gone to work. He doesn't get home till six. It's like the dinner, you know, clean up, bath, bed routine. And then you're in bed at nine o'clock because you're so exhausted from like the whole day. So like spending time intentionally one-on-one, whether it's with, you know, Lucy or Alex or both or Justin or uh, my mom or, you know, his family. And so in some ways, I, I love the fact that some of my closest people are not f- physically close because it means that every time I do see them, it's like I clear my calendar. Like this time mm-hmm. is for you. It belongs mm-hmm. to you. Whereas it doesn't, that doesn't always happen when we're day in, day out, you know, doing the same, doing the same, doing the same. Um, Cause it just, you just feel like you can't. Right. So it's, yeah, it's interesting. It just gives you a different perspective. And that's, that's another reason I think that why, like, even though I have kids, even though, you know, it's, it's kind of challenging to get away. Like I still go and do my things. Like mm-hmm. I was just gone this weekend for my first weekend of, of Kundalini yoga teacher training. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> thank you. And, um, some people look at me and just kind of like, like, how can you leave or who's taking care of the kids? And I'm like, they're, their father. <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's the way it works. <laughs> my co-parent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The other, the other person in this equation. Um, but it's just really interesting because 
because I need that space. Like I need that space so that I can come back and whether it's to feel more refreshed, whether it's, you know, like you were saying to have time to process certain things and then be able to, you know, come back with a different perspective or just the ability to have had the time to think about things for myself on how I want, you know, to improve communication or how we're going to do things differently in our home. Like sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you just can't see because yeah. it's day to day. You can't see. So you got to well, take yourself out of it. it. It's almost like you have the blinders of um, just got to get through the daily routine mm-hmm. rather than being able to like zoom out and think about the routine. And the way you're moving through it. Yeah, exactly. Well, what's so interesting is as we're talking about taking distance, taking distance for oneself, as you've just so beautifully done and going to this Kundalini teacher training and investing energetically in yourself that way, or taking space from your partner or from your kids or from your family, whether it's like in the long term, you know, like you've kind of taken space from your from your biological family in this bigger sense and are also learning how to take space the way you need from Justin's family in the day-to-day since they're so much closer. And I'm thinking also about another relationship that's so important to you in your life is your relationship with your business. And Mm -hmm. so here we are. We were wondering if this would come up. And here it is. is. (laughs) So a year ago today, you made this big move, but about – Two years ago today, your website for your business went live, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's also really interesting how the the anniversaries like have yeah. lined up. Like, yeah, okay. kind of pile up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all at the same time. It's like, oh, well, really? <laughs> I feel like that's one of the big – and I started to say this before we got on and were starting recording. I didn't quite, I didn't quite make my point, but that it's um, – I have found a year ago today is not necessarily one year ago today Mm -hmm. because these anniversaries are kind of like portals. Like I have found, you know, around the anniversary of my father's death, for instance, which this will be the fourth year, every year around that time, there has been something really big going on for me emotionally or spiritually. Mm. So it's like something about these big life events happening in these portals where it's like the anniversaries, the significant anniversaries kind of do begin to line up. So Mm -hmm. we have you launching your business officially online (laughs) and then you making this big move, which has partially facilitated your decision to step away from your business a little bit and concentrate on your mothering and motherhood. So Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about that in the context of us talking about how taking space from something sometimes really allows you to do the integrative work that needs to be done in order for you to step back into that relationship with a renewed sense of commitment and a renewed sense of joy. And I'm wondering what that brings up for you around, around this decision to, first of all, leave, leave law practice, which was how many years ago today? <laughs> well, that yeah. I mean, basically, the time around when I launched my website was when I stepped away from the law the first time. <laughs> right, right. So, and, and then last year from the move, it was 
like shortly before the move, I had gone back to the traditional practice of immigration law. And then the move like was my hard stop and was like, okay, we're moving, we're moving. You're not doing this. And then it was like, yeah, cause I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> like I really don't want to mm-hmm. do it anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember. I remember. And everybody, we did record a podcast episode with Gabby that was all about her decision to step away from practicing law. And I think maybe what we'll do, Gabby, is release that as um, as a bonus episode for anyone who's a Patreon supporter. Oh, that would be cool. So if anybody wants to hear more about Gabby's journey after this, that mm-hmm. will be available to you. Um, yeah, so let's talk, if you don't mind, a little bit about about the decision that you've made to step away from your business. Let's tell everybody what your business is. Um, and then I'd like to hear a little bit about that decision after the move to spend some more time on your mothering of your biological children (laughs) (laughs) and then how you're feeling now around the relationship with the business. Yeah. So, so I have a coaching business and what that looks like any given day. I mean, I, really what it comes down to is I, I listen to people and I help them figure out what they want to do next. So I've played with a lot of different titles and, and really coach, teacher, mentor, supporter, cheerleader. Those are really the things that, that I feel like identify what I'm, what I do with people. Yeah. It's like, what do we call ourselves? Energetic I know. advisor, spiritual teacher. It's, 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 <laughs> it's like mom, mentor. right? <laughs> like yeah. Mom means so many different things. And so mm-hmm. at any given time, anyway, yeah, what I do with people can look a little different depending on what they need. But in general, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm a coach. Um, and the decision to, to start a coaching business, if I'm really honest, it kind of came out of desperation. Like I know that I can't keep doing what I was doing, which was working in the law in some capacity or another. And so it kind of was presented to me after I answered a bunch of questions, I was working with a business coach and she asked me a lot of questions and then I answered them honestly. And then she was like, it looks like you want to be a coach. And I was like, yes, that sounds good. Let's do that. And so things started falling into place and I started working on my website and my ideal client and all the things and the things and the things that people tell you you should be doing. And I'm going to put an emphasis on should because as my journey has progressed, I realized that you can, you can take the person out of a particular profession or office and put them into their own business and they're still the same person until they decide to become who they truly are. And so yes, what I mean, I <laughs> like it kind of goes back to one hashtag that I had a while ago, which is same shit, different office. It's like you are still the one moving to another office. And until you start to develop the awareness of where things have kind of, I'm not going to say gone wrong because that's not, things have not gone wrong, but you've, you've forgotten who you are and what you love to do. And so as I've been progressing through my business, um, I launched my website and I remember saying like, okay, I'm going to launch my website. You know, I quit my job. Um, I'm going to sit eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours, the hours that I previously was devoting to my job. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to figure out all the things I'm going to do the click funnels and the pay the people to do the click funnels, <laughs> do all those things. 
and I'm going to have this thriving business because that's the way it works. You, you sit down, you work on things and then it happens. And then, um, of course the universe was like, here, here's your very first client without really even trying. Like I shared a post and I had three people apply and one of them signed up and I was like, see, easy, no problem. Magic. <laughs> I have a business. It's great. And this is going to keep going exactly like this. Mm. And of course it didn't. Um, so I had my client and, you know, I was working on these other things and then, um, you know, no more clients were coming and no more clients were coming and, you know, people were liking what I was sharing and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but the point is that I had not, looking backwards, I had not created space for myself to truly enjoy what I was doing. I, it was an extension of my lawyer life and what I had been trained to do, which was sit your butt in the chair, work your requisite number of hours, you know, and keep, keep hustling. Even if you're exhausted, even if you're, you know, can't see straight, you know, work for the sake of working. And, you know, it's hard to say when exactly things started to shift, but I started to actually, okay, so this came up. So of course you and I, um, the reason why we met was because we both were part of a sisterhood together. And I remember our first retreat, we went to Tulum, Mexico. Mm -hmm. And I remember going on that, you know, going on that trip and all the, uh, wow, just everything, right? It's hard to put mm -hmm. into words. And then I remember coming back from that trip, sitting at my little cubicle and announcing, um, a, a program that I had created and literally within two days, seven women had enrolled mm. and I had never, and I'm telling you never, never had I experienced that before that I had felt like, like I was like begging, you know, like, please, mm -hmm. please let me lower the price. Let me, let me give you insane, you know, payment options. Let me, let me do all of these things so that I can prove to you that I can help you and I'm, you know, worth it and all this kind of stuff. So here's where all the worst stuff ties in too in, in, in working with my kids and wanting to be with my kids. Um, but I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like I didn't work on my business at all that week. Like I did not sit down and do websites and sales pages and funnels and whatever. Well, it's so funny. We have this idea that like, you're like, I didn't work on my business at all that week. It's like, mm -hmm. I wasn't sitting in front of my computer. Exactly. However, like you did work on your soul. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's so interesting. You know, we talk about alignment a lot and just like, creating the space it's I'm mean, just all we're talking about in this conversation I feel like is creating distance and creating space mm -hmm. because but it's people like think that that's that a bad space. thing oh well yeah you know like having like having a vacation or you know just taking the afternoon off and like not not going to an obligation or something like that I I'm not phrasing this very well but but the thing that was fascinating to me was that I was starting at that point to break this pre-existing pattern or paradigm or whatever you want to call it that I had to 
like sit at a desk and type, 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 type in order to have a thriving business. And so that, I feel like that retreat really was the tip of the iceberg in, in showing me that taking space and taking care of myself and, and, and setting these boundaries and doing the things that felt good to me. And if it didn't feel good to just stop and not keep pushing myself for the sake of pushing myself. And so that started to evolve into sort of this new way of me doing business, um, which was really challenging because that's not what I was trained to do. That's not what my whole life I had been trained to do. Yeah, it goes against like everything we've ever been taught about mm-hmm. work ethic. and <laughs> Yeah, and I think there's a balance too because you still have to take action. Like you can't right. just like sit back and like retreat in Mexico for the whole year and expect to, <laughs> to, to do it, you know, to have anything like a business or something like that. Um, you still have to take action for sure. But the thing that was fascinating to me was like, okay, there's, there's something here about being in a certain energetic state and, and being the best version of yourself that we talk about, the world talks about a lot, but I feel like a lot of people don't really know what that even means. Um, and it's like, okay, let's see how this goes. Let's, let's dive into this more. And so I feel like there's so much that I could talk about in that time frame. Um, but that was really a highlight. And then I had the opportunity to go back to support um, a lawyer that I had worked with previously in, with some like straight-up traditional immigration cases. I was doing nonprofit work before, so it was different. Um, and then I remember like stepping into the office and literally feeling like the energy of the files and feeling like, like completely overwhelmed because I was like, whoa, like what is this, you know? And so it was like another example of this like energetic, I don't know if it's awakening or what you want to call it, but it also was really fascinating to me because I had survived this world day in and day out for years and years and years. And here I am stepping into something And literally on the first day, I was like, I don't think I can do this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it was really, really interesting. But then the universe, of course, gave us that six-week whirlwind with Justin getting a job. And that's that's right when I had started back doing traditional immigration stuff. And so I was like, okay, got to go. We're moving. Thanks. See you later. (laughs) Um, It's so interesting because it's almost like... I'm thinking about your story and what I know of it. And the word that's coming to mind is almost like yo-yo. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but it's almost like I know your experience being a lawyer and then pulling back from that and Mm -hmm. then coming back towards the law and then pulling back from that and that you've had that vacillation, you know, a couple of times. And the same thing with your coaching business. It's Mm -hmm. like there have been these periods where you're attracting clients with ease and then there are these periods of like the frustration of like why isn't it working and then there have been these periods of like okay I'm gonna step back from my business and it's really interesting this kind of like dance of energy Mm -hmm. when it when we're talking about coming to a place of alignment in your life, like sometimes you have to like get in the pool, get out of the pool, get yeah. in the pool, get out of the pool. <laughs> like I can't quite figure out where it feels best for me to be in my life. 
And that's one of the things I admire so much about you is that you continue to follow the guidance and show up for the opportunities that present themselves. And you also continue to, with so much integrity, recognize when something's not working for you Mm. and say, you know what, this is what I choose instead for now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So since you've moved, I know you have made a decision at one point to step a little bit away from your coaching business and concentrate on being a mother. Can you share a little bit about that decision and how that, what that experience has been like and then how you've kind of been re-engaging with your business lately? I mean, it was a gradual decision. It wasn't something that I felt confident or competent, to be honest, to do. I didn't feel to be a, to be a full-time mom, to be like a, like a stay at home, like be the main caregiver of my children. Um, because I just want to (laughs) like honor you for saying that out loud because I, I, I'm not a mother yet. But to admit that one does not necessarily feel competent enough to be a full-time mother. Yeah. Like what? Okay. First of all, the fact that any woman would feel that way (laughs) breaks my heart. Yeah. And also I so understand. So thank you for being brave enough to say that Mm -hmm. out loud. Yeah. I don't think I was expecting to say it, but it's the, it's the, it's the honest to God truth. Like Mm -hmm. I've really given myself the space um, to run the gamut of emotions around being the primary caregiver of these beautiful children. Um, How old are they? uh, One just turned three. Yeah, Lucy's four and a half and Alex is three. Oh, he just had his birthday. I saw the pictures. Yeah, he did. Because, you know, when I... When they were first born, like I had varying experiences with both of their births and I was, but I I was back at work. So, you know, of course I was still their mother, but 45 or 50 hours of the week, somebody else was taking care of them. Um, And of course the, I'm always their mom, but the reality of the situation is for more hours of the week than not. They were being cared for, reared for, disciplined by, fed by, nourished by somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so when I first moved back here or moved here, um, the primary goal was that Justin get established and do what he needed to do. So I was just like, okay, I'm just going to do whatever it takes. And between their their grandmother and I, like we figured it out and at first, I was like, do whatever you want. Let me buy you presents. No, you never do anything wrong. Don't worry about that because I didn't want them to hate me. And, mm. you know, I think as parents, maybe we all, different parents go through different cycles of this, but we want to be their friends. We want them to like us. We want them to love us. And I think that's just an extension of, of it's not necessarily that I want my kids in particular to love me. It's just you just want to feel loved. And... Um, and I had a lot of really hard times, like learning how to discipline them, learning how to say no, learning how to discipline them in a way that felt good to me, that wasn't like yelling at them or, you know, with aggression and force and all of that stuff. Oh my God, um, as you're talking, I'm like, it's the same thing as like 
learning how to discipline ourselves Mm -hmm. and learning how to say no to ourselves in a way that feels good and supportive instead of like just mindlessly reenacting the frequencies that have been passed down to us by our parents. Yeah. Or by society, right? Right. You know, certain cultures, certain societies, you know, certain people think that you should raise your kids a certain way, either because they were raised that way or because they raised their kids that way. And so when you try and do something different, you know, it's hard. And so I was, I was trying to establish my own footing. Um, and I, and my confidence and all of that really took a huge hit, like a huge hit. Cause I was trying to navigate this world that I had never navigated before. And, you know, whether I was truly alone or not, I felt alone. Um, and this was, I, I need to say this because this was one of the things that I miss missed so much from and was the hardest thing about leaving Minnesota was the woman who was caring for my children. Um, Stephanie is her name. (sighs) I always get ready to, I think I'm going to cry when I talk about this, but the thing that I realized about her and the relationship that I had with her every morning when I took the kids and when I picked them up was that she was, she was mothering me. She was helping me see that I was a pretty good mom and that Even if I needed to take a day off, she was like, you know what? They're fine. Go home, sleep, take a rest, take a bath, do whatever you need to do. She was like the voice in my head that like gave me permission and supported me when I felt like I was the worst mom in the world. And then I felt like I didn't have that when I moved. I didn't have that daily check. Mm -hmm. And so I had to do that for myself when I didn't know how to do that for myself. So, you know... I had a realization that um, somewhere towards the end of the year, in the fall or so, that what I really truly wanted was to be home with my kids more. And so I was actually blocking myself from having the business that I thought I wanted because what I really truly wanted was to be home with my kids more. So I wasn't going to attract clients because clients was, were going to take me away from being with my kids and having a business that demanded my attention, you know, 16 hours of the day or whatever was not going to happen because my true desire was to spend most of my hours with them. And that was really hard for me because I was like, no, I've got to have a business. I got to earn money. I got to prove myself and my worth through my business. And then I was realizing that that what I truly, truly wanted more than anything was to be with them. So when I slowly allowed myself to do that, it's like I got my druthers about me and started to build up <laughs> some like, like strength, you know, and say, okay, no, now I'm going to be with them, you know, and, 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 and ultimately my mother-in-law and I – came to a schedule where she watches them three mornings a week. Um, so like about 10 or 12 hours a week there with, you know, with their grandma and then the rest of the time. So I get, you know, I get to be with them. And I love that I naturally said I get to be with them because mm-hmm. in the past I would say I have to be with I them. I have to be with them, yeah. And that's that's because of this big shift. I allowed myself to want what I want even though it was – so radically different than what I thought I wanted or what I thought I should be creating. 
And uh, when I, it's such an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. But like when I stepped away from that, right, which is coming back to the space piece and like stepping away from my, the business that I thought I was supposed to have, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 10 clients a day, blah, 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 whatever. Um, I've actually found so much more joy and fulfillment in my business and the ideas that have come to me have been so much more aligned with with what I actually want to create in the world. Um, and you know, I'm going to be honest. Like financially, like when I was when I had this first job practicing law, I was making one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. You take home like every month, you have a paycheck of like ten grand. I mean, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> I know it sounds amazing, and it and it is to a certain extent. Um, but the thing is, I always thought that I had to have a business that that reflected that too. And I realized, well, not, not realized that that made it sound like it was like a, from one moment to the next, but through this slow progression, um, I've had months where I've brought in a couple hundred bucks and months where I've brought in a couple thousand and everything in between. And the months when I allow myself to do the things that really bring me joy, like, like break away from that model that, you know, that I, I can't be a good parent or that I have to have this business where I sit on my butt and work on the computer all the time. Those are the months that I've had the most abundance, um, not just money, but abundance. And, you know, and we could go on to this topic forever, I think, but, um, you know, and so it's like this concept or this idea of creating space stepping away from things sometimes so that you can step back into it in the in the energy that that you truly want to be in not the energy that you think you should be in is like mm-hmm. it really blew my mind but through a series of a lot of experiences the universe knows that i need to experience it to believe it so i've <laughs> experienced it a lot um, i've come to understand that it's like no i'm being guided for a reason and if i listen and pay attention, then the the rewards will be infinite. And if I don't, then that's when I cause myself a lot of struggle and challenge. But then there's something in that for me too. So if I can pull back enough, I can see that. Um, I don't always enjoy it. But even my husband's got it down now. He's like, boy, those were a couple crazy weeks you had there, huh? <laughs> we're going to be doing that again soon? And I'm like, mm, I hope not, but maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, well, it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it just is. Radical acceptance of reality, right? Mm-hmm. It's so, it's so gorgeous to me because it seems like what we're really talking about at the core is having enough faith in yourself to step away from what you know doesn't feel good, mm-hmm. which is often some sort of construct that's been placed on us, you know, by society or by our parents, like what, how we think we're supposed to parent or how we think we're supposed to run a business. Um, taking the space that we need to get clear around what our truth is and then re-engaging from that space when, while also having clear boundaries around here's how I've decided I am not available to engage based on what didn't feel good in that past experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking as I talk about this, I mean, you know how much space I've taken from my business, um, 
because it hasn't felt good for me to engage inside the construct of capitalism. Mm -hmm. And it, I didn't really realize how alive that energy would be for me in this conversation, but it really is the same thing as like the world has been telling me since I was, you know, born, (laughs) (laughs) this is the way you have to do business. And it's taken a lot of space for me to do that untangling mm-hmm. Yeah. around like what parts of this are really true? How can I, what parts of this can I engage with authentically? And what parts do I need to say, actually, I'm not available for that kind of exchange Yeah. without continuing to also stay, <laughs> what's the word? chained up in my own judgment of the thing that doesn't feel good to me, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, how can I engage authentically inside my business in a way that feels really good and aligned to me without judging people who choose to do it differently, which we could say the same thing about anything, especially about motherhood. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, this bigger meta theme that we're talking about, and it doesn't surprise me at all that this is coming up between you and I really feels like this core conversation around what it means to be in true integrity with yourself and with your heart and with your desire. Yeah. And especially what you said that I wanted to point out and didn't want to interrupt. So I'm glad it's coming back up now is this, this beautiful thing that you shared around having this desire to have this business and be proving your worth to yourself and to the world by the kind of income that you're creating. But then having this like deeper, maybe truer desire to spend time in that mothering energy with your children and seeing how those desires are not not necessarily conflicting, but how it was important for you to prioritize them. And when you allowed your priorities to be really aligned with what they truly were, how you started to then magnetize to you again in your business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I feel, I feel like joy is joy. Mm -hmm. And so if you can allow yourself to feel the joy that you know it and so many people say well I don't know and I was like no you do know you do know it's just buried under a lot of muck because oh my gosh I was listening to Carolyn Mace and she just said there's no such thing as I don't know there's only I don't like the guidance I'm receiving oh yeah (laughs) and sometimes people step away from that I'm thinking of my good friend Allie that lives here in in Decatur because she she receives a lot of guidance that she doesn't like. Like I see her like pulling multiple cards because she's like, mm, no, don't want that one. But then the message yeah, keeps she's coming like, I didn't back. Like that card. Yeah, it keeps coming back, and, <laughs> and it's the same message that she like dismissed at first. <laughs> but it's it's not that she doesn't like it. It's that it takes work, you know, to move through that. And sometimes you're just so tired, and you just are like how much more work do I have to do? And unfortunately, or fortunately, the answer is a lot. Like we're always going to be doing the work if you want to keep moving forward and keeping, you know, growing and expanding and getting into more and more alignment with yourself. And, you know, with my kids, it was like I was blocking joy. I was blocking my own desire. And so because I felt like I needed 
or I should be doing a certain thing. It should look like this. I should be contributing financially to the household. I should be doing all of these things. And I don't know. It's <laughs> I'm like, says who? <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Says who? But a lot of us are taught never to question mm-hmm. the says who. Um, yeah. You know, and I can go into a whole can of worms about birth order and, you know, (laughs) life experiences and all of that stuff, you know, some people are naturally rebellious and they'll always challenge the says who, but that was not my, my general makeup. Um, and so what, what really served me was trusting in life, like really learning to trust in life and really paying attention and trusting that we were going to be fine you know, that even if I didn't bring in an income or much of an income, so to speak, that we would still be fine. And so having those little life experiences day to day have really helped strengthen that for me. You know, and I'm blessed. I'm blessed that my husband is a workhorse and he's very good at what he does and, you know, he can support us. And it, doesn't always work out that way for some people. Some people need to have a job, you know, so that they can do the things they need to do. But you can still find joy. You can still you can still honor your feelings and you can still allow yourself to want what you want. And yeah, I don't know. And the moment that that clicked for me, it was still scary. It still took time and steps and courage and bravery and resilience and falling down a hundred times and getting up a hundred and one times. And there's still days that are challenging being a mostly stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. But you and I talked about this. It's like, I chose, I'm choosing that challenge. I'm choosing that to be my challenge of, you know, searching for the entire house at nap time for the one little toy that you told them not to put somewhere else because we wouldn't find it, but they can't sleep without it, you know? Um, but you know, I'm choosing that to be my challenge. And, and, and the more that I allow myself to be present in, in the things that I have chosen because I desire them so much, because I've allowed myself to actually feel that desire and then act upon it, the more that it's opened up that same feeling in other parts of my life, including my business. So Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's like joy is joy. And so follow your joy. (laughs) Yeah. What was really present for me while you were speaking just now is you were talking about how there's a lot of work involved, regardless of what you're letting go of in your life in order to step Mm -hmm. into integrity with your desires. There's work involved in that. Yeah. And one theme that's been really present in my life lately has been around how I hold work and can work mean to me cultivating joy Mm, mm -hmm. regardless of what work I'm doing, you know, especially like I think about the work around this podcast, none of it has felt like work in the traditional Mm -hmm. sense because I'm so grateful that I have the privilege to work the way I want to work, you know? And that's something else that was present for me while you were talking and you were acknowledging, you know, like it's, it's really a privilege to be able to have that much freedom around your decisions that you're making. And I wonder, I wonder Gabby, what you would say to anybody out there who, who's listening to this and who might feel, might feel kind of stuck in some scarcity or feel triggered 
around the fact that they perceive they don't have that privilege, mm-hmm. how, you know, cause you're saying you can still find joy. You can still move towards your desires. Is there any advice that you have for anybody who's out there and they really do feel like they're locked into their job and they, there's no way out or they're locked into some other situation in their life and there's no way out. How do you, how do you suggest beginning to go about the process of realigning with your integrity and with your desire when you're feeling really locked in? Oh boy. I mean, I know, I know this because I was me. That was me, (laughs) you know, not too long ago. And there's so many different directions that this can go. And so I'm just going to start saying different things. One is probably (laughs) something that people are not going to like me for, but you always have a choice. You do. You have a choice. You may not have a choice in the sense of like, okay, well, I've got four kids at home and I'm the sole provider and I have to go to work. I get that. But you have a choice in how you you step into that door when you walk into work. And you have a choice on what your desk looks like. And you have a choice in how you carry yourself. So you always have a choice whether you feel like you don't. Um, the other thing too that I was you were saying that you have the privilege, you created that privilege. You created that privilege for yourself because you made a series of choices that allowed you to create that privilege for yourself. You could have created a different situation for yourself completely. It's not like the privilege is handed to you. Um, I really feel like you create it. I will say that I do have yes, yes, and (laughs) there is something about circumstance there is something about like, I'm going to say being born white for me has been a big one. You know, it's like, I am aware that there are, there's some aspect of my privilege that really is built in that is not a result of my choice. And it does feel important to acknowledge that. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I do. Um, but I've also seen people who were born with nothing and then create millions and create the exact life that they want. So I, I, that's not really a, like something that I want. That's <laughs> like a whole conversation in and of itself. But um, I do respect. I do respect that that some people are born with different um, circumstances and financial situations and parental situations. But at the end of the day, I also believe. I strongly believe because because I I I created the life that I have because I took steps and made choices and didn't settle for you know, the status quo. And I decided that I was not going to compromise my integrity, whether I knew it at the time or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And I walked away from a lot of things that people have thought I was crazy for walking away from. And yeah, maybe I was, but there was something that took me away from that. And I let it take me because it led me to a place where I feel like I'm closer to who I truly am. Um, And you know, the other piece is, is you got to try, you got to try. Like if you don't move, you're never going to move. And that's Mm -hmm. just the truth. So whether that is, you know, immersing yourself in, in the new world that you want to be in by taking books out of the library, you know, it doesn't have to cost money. You don't have to pay for a high-end coach or go on a, 10 year sabbatical to find yourself. Like you can start somewhere. And one of my absolute favorite, favorite, favorite quotes is when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. 
So if you can open yourself up, even if it's just like cracking a window and let yourself see what's around you, you will see that there's things around you that are wanting to help you get to where you want to be. And then you just got to take that little step, you know, like I've done it all books from the library up to the high end coaching with the retreats (laughs) and the bajillions of programs and, you know, all of it, all of it, all of it. And some of it has really, I mean, it's all served me, but some of it has helped propel me forward in ways that I have wanted. And, you know, it's because I didn't stop. I love what you said around, I'm going to paraphrase a little. Basically what I received is like, don't resist the ways in which you're called to move. Yeah. Yeah. I have really had this mantra that I've been using and playing with a lot lately, which is don't resist the movement. And I, I mean that like, like in the morning, sometimes I won't want to get out of bed to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I won't want to like get up and go pee because it's cold and I'll just like lay there and try to sleep, <laughs> you know, but lately I've been like, don't resist the movement. Like go, go pee. And yeah, come exactly. Back and go back to bed. If you want, you'll be more comfortable. Or like if I'm being called to stretch, a lot of times I'll be like, I should stretch. And then there's like a voice that comes in. It's like, Oh, that feels like a lot of work. I don't want to move. And I've been using this mantra, like, don't resist the movement. And Mm. if I do stand up and stretch, sometimes it's amazing to me how much energy that really moves or how that I'll be stretching and then like an inspiration will come in. Yeah. You know, so it's the thing I really would love for people to take away from this is like when we're saying, you know, don't resist the call to movement, it doesn't have to be quit your job. Like that doesn't have to be the movement. It could be like, get up and go for a 10 minute walk outside. If that idea crosses your mind, if any idea for any kind of movement in the world crosses your mind, don't resist that idea. Yes. Because if we resist those ideas around cultivating movement in our lives, even in small ways, then it, it makes sense. Then the bigger movement that we're seeking in our lives isn't going to come to us because we're not open to it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know, I love that you said that because that's exactly the type of, if you want to call it advice, but that's, that, that's my foundation. Like, you know, I, I actually have materials and programs and things that, that literally say that it's like, you do not have to get up and quit. No, if you don't like where you are, Let's take a step-by-step approach and start making, bringing in that movement, like you, exactly like yeah. you said. Um, and I always footnote things because I do believe that, that sometimes there are situations that definitely warrant quitting. Um, mm-hmm. But I also believe that, um, that if you can do it with a little bit more intentionality, that it's going to create more of that movement for you than if you do it, you know, 100% out of fear and you know, all of that stuff. But, um, I love that. I really love that. Don't resist the movement. (laughs) Well, to that end, you know, before we wrap up, there's one more thing I just want to touch on briefly. And that is how I have witnessed you repeatedly follow inspirations in your life that you felt, um, I don't want to say fear around, I think it's like this, sometimes we can feel the bigness of what we're stepping into and that makes it a little challenging to step in. I'm thinking specifically about 
your priestess ceremony, that mm. first trip to Mexico. And I'm also thinking about this children's book that you've been creating that I want <laughs> that I really want us to talk about now. So um, we don't really have to talk about Mexico, but can you talk a little bit about about what it's been like to be called into this creative project around creating a children's book and how that's coming to life now? Ooh, I just got goosebumps because I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too. Um, so a, there's information on my website like that goes into we'll more detail about the story. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's just, you know, because for the sake of time, the, the thing about my children's book is that it was really a big exercise in trust for me and faith for me. Um, the way it came to be was when I created space. I let go of this identity as a lawyer or started to let go of this identity as a lawyer. And I created space um, in a very ceremonious way. And when that space was created, that's what came into the space was this children's book, this illustrated book. And for almost two years, that book sat. Um, and I, I tried and efforted and my mom says efforted is not a word so I made the effort to create I, like <laughs> I know I like it too but um but you know I tried all of these different avenues to try and get the book published and make it come to life and to be able to hold the physical book and then seriously like magic I followed some guidance that I wanted to learn more about moon cycles and the different, you know, stages of the moon and what they mean. And that led me to one person who led me to somebody else who ultimately led me, let, ultimately led me to the woman who is now illustrating my book. And I remember, you know, I, I purchased some prints off of her Etsy shop that I've been using in my workshops. And I remember just, this is my personality. Like, I literally just met this woman. Here I am thinking that we have this, like, relationship made in the heavens and who knows what she thinks of me and I've bought like three prints from her and then I'm like hey would you like to illustrate my children's book for me <laughs> and she's just like she's English from England and she she was just kind of like well you know several people lots of people have asked me in the past to illustrate their books and they, I, I've always turned them down and I was like okay I don't know what to make of that but <laughs> like are you turning me down <laughs> exactly she's like but you know let's see what you know let's see what happens I was like can I just like send you the the words and then you tell me what you think well and then from there she was like I love it and yes and totally aligned and the thing that that I really um, just, I'm really blown away by this, is that with every other um, potential illustrator or book publisher, self-publisher, whatever, um, I if I would have gone with one of those things, which I could have, had I paid enough money, I could have gone with any one of these other things. But something stopped me from doing that, and so I didn't. Um, it would have taken me out of the creation process. It would have made me hand over my words to somebody else, and they would have taken over the creation process, and I would not have been involved in that part at all. And the beautiful thing that has happened through this experience with Joe um, is that like, I actually get to share the creation process with people. 
I get to Jared's share. Your illustrator? Yes, she's the illustrator. Okay. Um, I get to share the sketches. I get to share her progress. She's she's posted videos about it. Um, we did a Facebook or an Instagram live where we were just talking about the entire creative process and how it all came to be and where she gets her inspiration and how this happens and all that kind of stuff. And it felt so amazing. And oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So yesterday I was talking to her and she was like, yes, let's do another, another live. And I can see you reading the book out loud to everybody. Uh, And I'll talk about like the inspiration behind the illustrations for each page. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It just feels so magical and aligned. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was something that, you know, again, coming back to this concept of space, like I didn't push it. I didn't force it. Like I was, I devastated a few times. Yeah, I was, I was like, this is never going to happen, you know, and left it as a word document on my computer for a long time and came back to it and was disappointed and came back to it and was devastated and, you know, and then it happened. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess not, I guess, I mean, it was a desire of mine. It's always been a desire of mine to publish a book. Um, and then this is, this is the way that it, it took shape. And so it's going to happen. It's happening. (laughs) It's happening. I really want to honor you for how with the book you have committed to only moving forward in ways that feel an integrity, you know, even when that has meant feeling like maybe this isn't going to happen, you've surrendered to that. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for that reflection. Yeah. You're so welcome. I also (laughs) want to tell everybody out there that Gabriella is currently open to receiving financial support for turning her book into reality. Is that true? Yeah. So it's, this was a whole other experience of mine to work up to, to do this, but, um, there's different ways that you can support the book and I'm sure we'll put some links somewhere, but you can we'll like the Facebook the page, yeah. <laughs> like the Facebook page, share it with people, follow uh, myself and Joe on Instagram, all of that goodness. And then I've also created, um, a category, if you will, where you can become a benefactor of the book. And so if you would like to become a benefactor of the book and literally be part of the creation process that helps bring the book to life, then you can make a financial contribution of your choice. Um, and you, as a, as a thank you for becoming a benefactor, you receive a PDF uh, print. It's a, like a limited edition print of the first illustration of the book. And you also will receive your name um, printed on the inside front or back cover of the book. So later on, I think we're going to do a Kickstarter campaign um, to actually get the book printed. So this, this particular component of becoming a benefactor is really, I mean, I'm being very honest, it's to, it's to pay for the illustrations. Um, mm-hmm. It's to pay for that piece of it. Um, and then the rest of it comes later in like, you know, figuring out a platform to um, get the physical books printed. But I love the idea of, being surrounded by community and honoring the community that is helping me bring this book to life. And so um, this piece about having each person's name or, you know, like if you have a family name or children or whomever, like it's, it's the benefactor's choice, what name they would like printed inside the book. So then, cause I can, I have, I've already see it like the day that I receive the first copy of the book 
and I get to sit there and literally like run my mm-hmm. fingers across each person's name. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I know, just, it's so beautiful. And just say thank you, like with the deepest gratitude, because it's not about the money. Like I can pay for the illustrations in a sense, like, you know, if it's nice to have the financial support, like what it is for me is, is, is this sense of, I'm going to be very vulnerable right now, this sense of having people believe in dreams and believe in my dreams and believe that no matter who you are, you can make something happen. And I really believe that it takes a community to be able to do that. It really takes a village. And that's, that's what the benefactors need to me. Um, so, yeah, I just, oh, I have like tears coming down my face right now. And I'm just, it's just such a labor of love, like from myself, oh. from Joe, from everybody who's shared and contributed and participated and talked to me about it and read the book and edited and, and all of it. It just... <laughs> It's amazing. Like I, I, yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) Well, you're amazing. Thank you. So are you. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Is there anything else that's present for you before we kind of wrap up with our final questions? No, this feels really good. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to invite you now then Gabby to go back to that space with, your hand on your heart, maybe one on your womb, if that feels good. Taking a few deep breaths. And I want you to reflect over this past year, this past two years, and think about everything that's unfolded and all of the creative challenges you faced and all of the spiritual and emotional and physical challenges you faced and feel into the grace with which you've overcome them and moved through them. And then when you feel really present in your physical body, I'd love for you to share with us in one word how you're feeling. Illuminated. <laughs> that's such a good word I don't even know where that came from <laughs> it came from God Gabby. it did <laughs> it came straight from God uh, okay and if you could go back to a year ago today and speak directly to yourself what would you say mm. just keep swimming little fish keep swimming <laughs> Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming. (laughs) Oh, I love you so much. I love you too. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You're so welcome. And thanks everybody for listening. We're going to put all of the links in the show notes for all the things. If you want to check out Gabby's business, if you want to support her, in making her creative dreams come to life as a benefactor of her beautiful book. I highly recommend it. I believe in this woman like nobody's business. Um, Thank you. So I guess that's it. I guess that's it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye for now. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.